Live from Birmingham, Alabama, from the Superstation 101 Studios, Yellowhammer Radio presents The Ford Faction. You can't handle the truth. Well, 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 welcome back into The Ford Faction, sponsored by KS Heating and Air Studios, Alabama license number 11120. Thankful to have you back in here. First day. Wow, guys, it's here, and it happened. Yes, it is. So, <laughs> yes, it is. It is Zach Johnson, here. Sam Warren alongside of me. Coming in to the studio today, thankful to have Jim Caval here. Cavalli. Cavelli. <laughs> I'm sure you've gotten <laughs> it said a million different ways, right? Yes. It's constantly. Now, you are a huge name, entrepreneurship, here in Alabama, in Birmingham. Uh, what what was the list? Under 40? 40, 40? Top 40 under 40? Yeah, that, that was what I saw today, and I, I said, whoa, high profile. Mm-hmm. First day. Well, I don't know how high profile I am, but I'll tell you this. My wife is quickly <laughs> surpassing me in every aspect. Uh, she's uh, gotten uh, her feet wet in entrepreneurship over the last uh, year or so, launching uh, our Beauty on Demand app that we, we co-founded, and she's, uh, she's killing it. So we just found out today uh, she got a, an award that will be announced soon, and I tell her, I said, Jazz, uh, you're, 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 I'm gonna have to stop my career to run yours, (laughs) that kind of thing, right? And what's that app called? Uh, The Glow app. So, Glow is a beauty on demand app that women download here in Birmingham and now in Nashville as well. And they can use it to book uh, services that come to their home, their office, their hotel. So, it's the Uber of beauty, is what Yellowhammer called it uh, when we launched back at the beginning of the year. But uh, it's a pretty cool thing. You can get hair, makeup, spray tan on your doorstep. Wow, that's awesome. That's what I, yeah. I, I, not that I use that much hair. Oh, I, I need to start using that. Yeah, I, I, no. I use a good bit of hairspray. I've got, I've, I've got to look into really? that app, man. You use a lot of hairspray? Yeah, man. I mean, it's got, I mean, this, you think this, I mean, this just happens? <laughs> you just wake up and <laughs> look work, like that? Yeah, man. man it, it's just no, work that goes into no, this. No, that doesn't happen. I, I tell you what, I love getting hairspray and a lighter. That's my favorite thing. Okay. Right, boy. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Right away. I just go ahead and kill it. Um, so it says here, grew up in Syracuse, New York. Yes. Right? So, what is that? Is that home? Is that where home is? How much do you go up there? I still go up there. I go up to New York, uh, me and in Manhattan, the city every quarter. Um, and I'm probably in Syracuse every other trip to Manhattan because it's about a four hour drive from Manhattan. Uh, so I uh, grew up in Syracuse, first 20 years of my life. Big I always fan. like to tell I'm a big Orange fan. When I was in Syracuse, we were always a top 10 football team. That does not happen anymore. <laughs> we suck at football. Wow. But yeah, what are you like? Um, you were a winless couple years ago, right? Is that correct? Yeah, Syracuse it's, uh, had, it's not pretty. Zero wins. It's not pretty. But we're one of six schools in America with a football and basketball national championship. I like to celebrate that's pretty that. Good. That, that is, is, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. That but, uh, but, but anyway, Syracuse is, is definitely still home. But Alabama has really become uh, a second home. And I uh, lived here for 15 years now. So, um, you know, before you know it, I'm going to go from a Yankee to a damn Yankee. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So we'll, we'll, we'll welcome you in, though. We'll welcome you in. And, and I also want to make a note. We have more deer and better fishing in Syracuse, New York, than down yeah, now, now y'all's deer, y'all have reindeer. I believe that. I'm yeah. not from Times Square. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> come, yeah, come out of Times Square. Y'all have reindeer. I mean, that's yeah, literally, exactly. they're massive. You now, only I'll kill challenge, like one a year. I'll challenge the fishing, but the deer, uh, you guys do have bigger deer. I'll All say right. this. It's more about the fresh water we have in Syracuse. We have two great lakes. We have these lakes called the Finger Lakes, which are – Absolutely gorgeous. We have the Adirondack Mountains. We've got, you know, Lake George. 
uh, so much water up there, and people don't realize that during these four months of the year, it's one of the most beautiful places in the country. But the other eight, the only uh, city that outperforms us with snow is Buffalo. It's pretty miserable. Oh, so. my goodness. Oh. I can only imagine. Four Super Bowls. Bill's Mafia. Four. Bill's <laughs> Mafia. No, I can only imagine that walking in the snow, that's one thing that I will absolutely never do. How about, how about ice fishing? I've never gone, but ice fishing is oh, big. God damn it. Ice, ice I, I've always big. wanted to know what's the thrill of ice fishing. You just, just you just stand there and drop it down in there and then reel straight up. I mean it's pretty like like normal fishing though. You know, you just don't catch. Yeah, I guess so. You just, just but freezing I, I love cold the cast. and you don't catch. I, I never catch anything. I just cast it out, reel it back in, cast <laughs> out. Yeah. Throw rocks when I get mad. Jump in, jump, <laughs> yeah. The inevitable jump in and just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, not in the ice. I, yeah. Even if you fall in, how do you get out? You've never been ice fishing. Usually, I'm just yeah. asking questions. Yeah, usually I, but I know the, the stories of, of the guys who've died from sure. ice fishing. Oh, that's Good scary. Grief. What about when the truck, I love to watch videos of the truck, breaks the ice and the truck goes in the water? Yeah. That's fair. Oh, I bet that's terrible. a great call. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ice fishing to me is just, yeah, that's a no-go. I would not I would never touch that. So, big baseball guy, though. Yeah. So, you came down. Is that how? Is that where Birmingham that's, started, was going to Montevallo? It is. So, you know, when I was growing up, I went to a prep school, Christian Brothers Prep, up in Syracuse. And, you know, an athlete. I always wanted to play college baseball and uh, played basketball as well. But a guy who I looked up to, uh, was a few years older than me, um, great athlete. He ended up uh, having some issues come up with his Division One scholarship, and he needed a, a place to go play, and he went down to the University of Montevallo because our, our baseball coach in Syracuse. And it happened. sounds like a bigger school than it is, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. It looks just exactly like you picture Alabama in your head, <laughs> and that's what it looks like in Montevallo. It's Montevallo. He grew up in New York. So, anyways, he ends up going to Montevallo, has a great career, gets drafted by the Yankees, and like I said earlier, I always looked up to him. So, I kind of followed his footsteps, and I ended up coming down to Montevallo and had a great experience there. I graduated in 2005, and I built a TV radio network for the university. We didn't, That's what I saw. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have anything going on. So uh, streaming was new. It was 2003 is when we started that network, and that is really not where I became a broadcaster, but it's where I became an entrepreneur because I loved raising money, looking uh, into the marketplace and figuring out all the technical technical parts of broadcasting, learning how to engineer a broadcast. I was the guy on press row calling a basketball game live on the radio, but filming it with a camera at the same time. <laughs> so I could go back to my dorm room at night and cut up a highlight show, you know, film a stand up on camera and put it on TV. So yeah. I was doing all the roles. I love the generalism of it. I love the, the responsibility of leading student workers around a vision and so I thought I did it to become a broadcaster, but really I turned into an entrepreneur. Yeah, and, and that's a huge thing with broadcasters. And this is something they, they will absolutely never tell you in school because they want you to you know, finish broadcasting college classes. They, they can get their check. Anybody can be a broadcaster. Like, like it comes down to effort, uh, your drive, like your, your will and want to, to be successful in this industry. I mean, look at us. Look at us three. We are technically broadcasters. If that doesn't show you that anyone can be a broadcaster, <laughs> that, that, that blows my mind. Well, and I say right back to you, you know, to be a great broadcaster, you need to have different edges and originalities about you, not just as talent, but as skills, right? So when you're coming up, a big reason I didn't take a position making less than 20 grand a year in some market you've never heard of as a weekend sports anchor mm -hmm. was because I knew how to edit. 
And because I knew how to edit my own packages, I started working for sports networks like ESPN New that was brand new at the time, Comcast Sportsnet, and I could put together a whole story. Just you. Just me. No camera operator, no editor, and that was an advantage on top of maybe my knowledge or ability to speak on camera. So having those edges is important nowadays for broadcasters. That's understanding digital, right, and understanding the fact that, what 10 people as a team used to have to do to put together a you have broadcast, to do it by yourself. you could do it by and yourself. And you have to do it efficiently. That's right. That's a big thing. I worked in TV news, and that was a massive thing. You had to be uh, so versatile, and you had to be able you know, to produce, to run the cameras, to go in there and be able to do the lighting. You have to do so many things. And with news, everything happens so fast yep. because you only have 30 minutes to be great. As where you know you have some time to put together packages and stuff like that, but uh, when you're an anchor or producer or director, you have to be great quick. And like you said, broadcasters, especially young broadcasters now, have to learn everything. Yep. You have to learn to be able to be Jeff, Sam, any anywhere. You, you have to sit behind the board and be in front of the microphone. So now with the the entrepreneurship, do you take stuff you learn from broadcasting and put it into action in the real world? I have been very very blessed. God has blessed me because I have been groomed for what I'm doing today by those experiences early on in college and when I just got out. You know, I started a streaming network. I learned everything about creating content uh, before content was known as king. Before it was content. Yeah, yeah. and so, you know, I'm producing audio, I'm producing video, I'm the talent, I'm the engineer. Um, And even when I first got out of college, I sold a product to college athletic programs to help them stream their audio and video for their sporting events. And so just doing that, I was groomed in a way where now, everybody's told you've got to produce content. You know, you need to have a presence on all your social media channels for your personal brand and or your business brand. And that's something I've been doing for more than a decade. So I've been groomed for this kind of current era. And I think for young broadcasters, you have an opportunity in business, not just to try to get on the air, but to help businesses who have been in business for two, three, four decades and just help them with the skills you're learning as a broadcaster because those CEOs, those leadership teams do not know where to start when it comes to having their own podcast, creating their own weekly show, creating content and blog content that helps them get their audience that they want to reach with their marketing and sales. And that's a big thing with your new company that you started, Influencer, correct? It is. It is. So, you know, the... uh, the world is broken in sports when it comes to the relationship between sports teams and the individual brand ambassadors that represent them. And the new reality is is these individual brands, whether they're recruits, current student athletes, former athletes, key alumni, they each have their own channel that's competing with other channels out there. And so big-time brands want to worry about their team channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter but they need to start worrying about the individual brand ambassador channels because their team channel, like Alabama football, has over 300,000 followers on their Instagram channel, but they have over 3 million unique followers on Instagram when you add up all the different brand ambassadors that represent them. So how can they get the content and messaging they're creating out to not just their team pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but out to the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts of their current athletes, their former athletes, and their recruits. And that's what we help not just college sports teams do, but eventually we're going to get into the pro sports realm, helping them do it as well because it's a big problem that exists. It is, and I've noticed that on Instagram or Twitter, you would think these pro teams in any of the sports would have more followers and more of a presence on social media other than probably the Patriots or the Packers, right? Yeah. The, these pro teams are struggling to find ways you know to why? do that. 
People don't follow brands. They follow people. Mm, yeah. Think about it. Who do you interact with most Especially in the NBA? Media. The oh, NBA yeah, follow is, people. And not just outside of sports even too, right? Like um, as, as you guys are building your personal brands and your personal voices on Twitter, it's helping the Yellowhammer radio brand. But it's important that the personal brand has a presence. And so, you know, these athletes, pro and college, are being told of the horrors of the bad stories on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram of athletes. And we could all name them right now and joke about them, but those are all don'ts. Mm. I have three kids. I don't just teach my kids the don'ts. I teach them the do's. They're going to be on social media, these athletes, for 90 minutes or more a day. What do they do? You think that they're just going to come up with it alone? Because they're channels, and they need to think of themselves like channels. When I was a kid, and it's funny saying that <laughs> prefix to you guys, because I remember when everybody used to say it to me when I was your age. But I grew up in the 90s. We had 30 TV stations. That's it. Three of them were sports channels. My dad grew up before that. He had three channels, period. Right? ABC, NBC, CBS. Right. Now we have billions of channels. Because each of these individual Instagram channels are channels of their own. And And... Athletes aren't just showing up on campus and getting the likeness from their school's brand. Now they're showing up with a likeness already. Look at the ball kids at UCLA. LaMelo Ball is a senior in high school, has 1.4 million Instagram followers. He averages over 20,000 live viewers on Instagram Lives he does, tying his shoes. (laughs) So what do you do with that if you're UCLA or if you're... The father, we've seen him say, I don't want the school to make money off my kids. I'm going to. I'm not saying I'm agreeing with that. I know there's a lot of skeptics out there. I love his brand. But I just got to say, it's all about the middleman. And the middle, social media allows you to cut out the middleman. But when you cut out the middleman, if you're not going to use the ESPNs of the world, you don't have writers, producers, videographers, and everybody controlling and building your content you got to create it yourself. In a way, you could say LeVar Ball was completely genius by what he did behind Lonzo. Was he outspoken? Was he obnoxious? Yes, but He created him a personality. Yes. Does he really think he can beat Michael Jordan in one-on-one? No, no. but, that's but he knows that we're going to respond yes. to it. Just like the McGregor-Mayweather fight we just went through. You say all the right things right. to get people's attention. And it, it got viewers. I mean, I'll tell you what, I was all over it when he said he was going to beat Michael Jordan. I was like, yeah. With the one hand? Yeah, with one hand on his yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, we're, Undefeated, yeah, never we'll, lost. We'll, yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, but I love what LeVar Ball did. But like you said, it's the own personal brand. Um, and now Lonzo has a massive brand. Massive. He's with the biggest NBA franchise when it comes to reach. And uh, is it value? Are they the most valuable NBA franchise? They have yeah. to be right under the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, so now he's created this personality for Lonzo. And Lonzo's a quiet kid from UCLA, who really never spoke that much. He just played. Yeah. He really just went out there and played. And now LeVar Ball is kind of his, his PR guy. He comes out, yells into the microphone a couple times, and now we think, oh, Lonzo is this, this big brand, this big-name guy. And LeVar Ball is the extreme, and, and so I'm not saying he's the prototypical he's the guy to have behind you, but I will say this. Most kids don't have, not most, 99.9% of kids don't have a LeVar Ball in their ear teaching them about brand when they're 18 years old. What we want to do, and the reason we started at the college ranks instead of the pro niche, is because young kids all aspire to play big-time college football, yet only 1% do. And then those 1% get to the big time of college football, and 99% of them don't make it to the NFL. 
for the 1% that do, they last less than three years. So what can we do as a brand influencer to help develop these young men and women into personal brands that not necessarily will be paid by Chevy to do posts, but maybe it just helps them when they want to come work at Yellowhammer Radio and do sales. Because Yellowhammer says, wow, this guy played at Alabama. He has a big following. He could be really be a great sales leader for us. Or maybe they're going to work for uh, an insurance company selling life insurance, but they're more valuable because they've got a brand to them. And yeah, so we want to help what these they bring kids think to that us. Way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, the, that's the reason we started at the college level. And, and so our system helps organize all the channels that represent a college sports brand for them to see data around those channels, for them to see notifications about some things those channels are doing that they're trying to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, other schools, the channels are talking about competitors. They're talking about bad words and profane language they're using, and then they can see all the 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 content that those channels are posting on all three types of social. The other side of our system allows them to then equip them with the content they're already shooting. So all of these sports teams already shoot video and pictures. Mm-hmm. Our system allows them to upload those things into the cloud, organize them in a media library that can then equip each of these channels they've organized to have access to the content to push out on their personal brand channels and grow their personal brand while also growing the brand reach of the school. Golly, that's fascinating. Because when I sit here and think about Alabama football and I think about their social media site, I, I just think about them posting a, the video of Reuben Foster leveling a punt returner, right? right. That, that's all I think. I don't, I don't think about the channels and things that go behind it. Jim, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Man, Look, I enjoyed it. Any Anytime you want to stop by. I'll Look, be back. You break right through that door, come in here, and, <laughs> and, get, and get right on the mic. <laughs> open door policy. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. You're doing a great job. I know yes, it's your sir. first day, so keep at it. Hey, hey, man, hey, hey, hey. We're just trying to have a good thanks, time. Jim. You're listening to the Ford Faction, brought to you by KNS Heating and Air Studios, Alabama license number 11120. The Ford Faction with Ford Brown.